The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are you there? Got my captain's hat and my clip-on tie. Got my pilot's wings and I'm ready to fly. I even brought my laptop and iPhone. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called The Classy Passenger Awards. Uh, the, in the first story in this podcast, a, another flight attendant said, oh, yeah, they should be nominated for the Classy Passenger Awards. And I was like, hey, I like it. You know, the Classy Passenger Awards. So we have lots of stories, as you can imagine, about passengers behaving badly. A few stories about flight attendants behaving badly. And uh, even a story about um, how you could behave badly after you're trying to survive after being ejected out of a fighter aircraft. <laughs> I know that probably sounds odd, but you'll see. And then there's all kinds of other funny stories. But uh, the song in this podcast is from YouTube. A listener named Jet Bob sent it to me, and it's called <laughs> Tweetin' on an Airplane. It's a uh, song parody of, um, you know, the pilots that overshot Minneapolis because uh, they were supposedly on their computers. And I also, I uh, I want to apologize again. I know I've been delinquent in podcasting lately. I've been so distracted because last month I went to Borneo, uh, Malaysia, and I actually stayed longer than I thought I was going to because it was just fabulous. I mean, they have, you know, I saw orangutans in the wild and elephants and all these crazy bugs, I got millions of bats. You know, I was out in the jungle. I was staying in tree houses. It was just so much fun that uh stayed a little longer. And so I got distracted. And then the other reason why I've been distracted from the podcast lately is the book. <laughs> for those of you who have been listening for years, I'm sure you, you might remember, like three years ago, I was like, woohoo, woohoo, there's going to be a Betty book. Woohoo. I'm so excited. And uh, then nothing. <laughs> It just seemed to be flatlined. You know, it was done like two years ago and it just kept getting postponed and postponed and postponed. And I sort of had to just decide to, you know, not be disappointed about it. You know, maybe it just wasn't going to happen. But strangely enough, it is now front burner and uh, a lot of stuff is kind of due yesterday. <laughs> so I've been I've been distracted with that. But I'm really going to try to ramp up the podcast. You know, airline ramp pun intended and uh, get right back into it so let's get started with uh, the classy passenger awards now i'm bored to tears at thirty thousand feet i'm on facebook and i'm posting tweets so you had another something yeah this is a classy passenger award the classy passenger award goes to classy passenger award another time when i'm picking up trash <laughs> in the back, which is why I should be banned from coach and just stay up front and do my little thing. But I go to the back to help the girls at picking up trash. So I'm walking through the trash bag 
and I'm walking by in the 7-5, and the guy at the A seat at the window, three seats over from where I'm picking up trash, is that garbage? I said, yeah. Not even, he's not even related to the people sitting next to him. He's at the window seat. He hawks a piece of gum out his mouth, hopped it over, and it landed right in the trash bag. Yeah. That's a good one. That's the classy passenger award. Yeah, classy passenger award. <laughs> yep. Logging while I'm logging hours so we're talking about the classy passenger awards. You know, by the way, I think I am going to do a show like a like a Emmy award, like airplane Emmys with all kind of different categories in the future. But for right now, we're talking about the classy passenger award. And sure enough, I was on a flight like two weeks ago, LA Honolulu, we're on the beverage cart. And my coworker says, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And I look over and there's a mother with a kid, maybe three or four. He's standing on the seat, naked, she is holding his weenus, and he is peeing in one of our cups. And I was just speechless. Like, what are you doing? Go to the bathroom. What? 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 What are you going to do with that cup full of pee? You know, you're going to hand it back to us when we come back and pick up. And so we're both. We're just. Sometimes you're just dumbfounded. You know, like, stop it. <laughs> why we weren't even full it wasn't even one of those flights where it's really hard to get to the bathroom we could easily move the beverage card they could have got out but no we'll just pee here in a cup so we were flying with a guy and i said you go tell him to pick up because i don't want to pick up i don't want to pick up that cup full of pee so text me and chat with me quick Okay, so you were talking about um, what's included in your ejection seat. There's some strange items in there? Well, there's a survival kit, and yeah. it has all manner of, of items to use to improvise to help you, help you yeah. get along out there until you get rescued. Um, some of the more unusual items are, con there's a condom in there. And why is that in there? Uh, Why'd it be by yourself? Well, there's... I don't know. It depends on where it depends on where you bail out. There's all sorts of jokes about it, but it's reasonably as it's for a water bag so to water. store water. So it has a practical reason. It has a practical reason, just okay. like the razor it and is. the small bar bar of soap. Anyway, wait, why is there a razor? I don't understand. Well, in survival school, they teach that you always have to keep the ability to live, keep the will to live, so you can keep pushing on to the next day, push on to the next day, so you keep they. The will to live is what their statement are, and it's all over the walls and survival school training. So, so wait, there is a, a razor and a so condom. Razor, condom, and soap. And soap. And a piece of tin foil for collecting water as it drips off leaves and funneling it into the water bag, which is the condom for uh, storage. It's not for sunbathing. <laughs> some some of the cold weather units, like in Alaska, actually have sleeping bags. So basically, you you would be ready for a date with a condom, You'd be a razor, so ready. soap. And a sleeping bag. If you're really lucky, you could go on a date. Most likely, you're just going to try to stay, stay alive. <laughs> Before I hit a tree, I missed my stop by a hundred miles or so. So this next story could go under the category of uh, flight attendants behaving badly, and that flight attendant uh, would be me. <laughs> I can be a bad influence on people sometimes, because I didn't actually do this, but uh, <laughs> I orchestrated it. <laughs> So 
This passenger comes back to the galley, and like happens so often, they get this blank stare in front of the bathroom door, don't know what to do, how to open it, and uh, there is a yellow barrier strap next to the door. So if we were on the ground and the door was open, you know, it's such a long drop, um, they don't want anybody to mistakenly fall out of the airplane, so we just have a strap that goes across the door yellow barrier strap. It has no function once you're in the air. It's just snapped up against the door. So this passenger starts pulling the yellow strap like that's going to open the bathroom door. Like, have you ever been anywhere where pulling a strap opens the door? I don't know. So (laughs) I say to this guy I'm flying with, so, you know, eventually say, just push the door, push the door. So I say to this guy I'm flying with, I say, uh, you know, the next person that comes back here and, and gets that blank stare in front of the bathroom door, we should say, oh, just pull the yellow strap and see if they do it. And if they pull it and nothing happens, we'll say, pull harder. <laughs> I know it's mean, but <laughs> you get so tired of them not being able to figure out how to open the door. So, I didn't do it, but this guy, I like this guy a lot, and he's funny, and he's actually a really uh, handsome, straight guy, um, tall, dark, handsome, he's really attractive, so I think it was better with him doing it (laughs) to a girl. (laughs) It's really hard to get mad at him. So he's sitting on the jump seat, and this young girl comes back and starts looking around, blank stare in front of the door, and he says, uh, just pull the yellow strap. And so she starts pulling the yellow strap and she's looking back at us with this and he goes just pull harder so she starts pulling harder and at this point I couldn't I had to make it stop because I, I felt sorry for her that look on her face pulling the strap so I said no 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 just push the door we're just messing with you and she goes and she took her hand and she like hit him on his uh arm like shame on you but that was it so we got entertained (laughs) she wasn't too mad I think she thought it was funny and uh that was it and I haven't tried it again but I'm going to a couple weeks ago I was flying home from Kona yeah back to Los Angeles and I went from first class to coach to pick up trash. Yeah. So I was walking through the cabin, picking up trash, and I kind of stopped and looked, and then kept walking because I really, it was late at night, so I was thinking that my mind was playing tricks on me. Right. But then I thought, and I said, no, I think I saw what I just saw. And then I looped back around, and there was a family of three, a mom, a dad, and a child who was about at least nine years old because he went he was laying across his parents he went from the window seat to the aisle this is scaring me because I know there's a kid involved here exactly <laughs> and the child was that big so he was at least nine years old right because yeah. his head his yeah. head was at the window and his feet were dangling in the aisle laying across his parents completely butt naked butt naked butt naked not, not just underwear butt naked and Why? he was laying on his butt They were face up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I was kind of like a little shocked, you know, and uh, yeah. So so I said to the father, 
I nudged him on the arm and I said, Sir, is this your child? He said, Yes, that's my child. I said, Sir, uh, you, he needs to either have proper clothing on or could you cover him up with a blanket? And he said, Oh, gosh darn it, he don't like to sleep with his clothes on. <laughs> so I said, Well, unfortunately, you're on an airplane, so we're going to have to cover him up. It's inappropriate for other people. So, yeah, oh that was it. Passengers bounce up and down. I lost my way while bidding on eBay. Okay, so you have a nomination for the Classy Passenger Awards? Yes, I do. It was from LAX to Cincinnati not too long ago. There was a gentleman who ordered and paid for one of our salads. He had a grand time eating it. He was not the tidiest eater, but he enjoyed it. As I was picking up trash, I pointed out to him that there was still some of his salad on his t-shirt. And he said, oh, thank you. And instead of placing it in my waist receptacle, he just ate it. <laughs> and I said, oh, sir, it appears that you have saved the best for last. <laughs> and he said, why not? I'm on a jet so I was just at a special training. It was a multiple day training. And I learned something I didn't know. You know how in a decompression, if there's a change in cabin pressure, the oxygen mass will fall. Well, what I never thought about, never had a reason to think about is how many oxygen masks fall in the lavatory. And to my surprise, it's not one, but two. So why do you think there's two oxygen masks that fall in the lavatory in the decompression? I know your dirty mind, huh? You went immediately to the Mile High Club. You immediately thought, well, just in case there's two people in there doing stuff they're not supposed to do. But you know what? It's for in case there's a mother with a child. <laughs> but that's where my mind went when they said, oh, yes, there's two oxygen masks that fall in the lavatory. I thought, oh, really? <laughs> now I'm circling back to where I overshot. I never thought that I'd get caught. When I come down, they'll haul my butt away. Another almost classic flight attendant story. Yes. Uh, no, no, I'm not a flight attendant, but I did serve a drink that was really classic. Uh, years ago on a 747, we had a huge counter, and we had open cans and things like that sitting there. Somebody asked me for a cup on the back, and I, I thought, this is going to be still has smoking. I poured uh, a cup and brought it to the passenger. A few minutes later, the bell rings. Well, he says, I can't drink that. I said, well, why not? There's a cigarette butt floating. Oh, God. Because people yeah, extinguish their cigarettes in the hands. Now, I have one from Western on the DC-10, the back alley. Remember, we used to set that coffee bar. I had my coffee. It was in the morning. Sitting oh, on the yeah. counter. <laughs> got you ready for takeout. You know, we're not supposed to be drinking my coffee. I got to keep thinking of this. I just kept thinking of my body. It doesn't taste right. Something just tastes like a minty. <laughs> my recent trip to Borneo, I was traveling by myself. And uh, lots of times when you're traveling by yourself, people just assume you know things or assume you've done a lot of research. <laughs> and that's not always the case. 
And I was staying in this, as I mentioned before, treehouse. So much fun. I was staying three stories up in the canopy. I had monkeys right outside my balcony. Um, I'm just such a sucker for the jungle. I just really love the jungle. So I wanted to go to this national park, Baku National Park, because I had heard that they had... uh, the proboscis monkeys and I don't know if you know what a proboscis monkey looks like but I'm going to try to be PC about this but these monkeys look like they have what looks like male genitalia uh, on their face <laughs> their nose they've got this humongous nose and what what looks like is sort of their cheeks but it's it looks like balls on their face so they're just such a strange looking monkey and they're they're very large monkeys and they they they're they have they don't really have them anywhere else so i um one of the reasons why i was going to borneo is because i wanted to see the proboscis monkeys which is probably strange for some people for a reason to go visit especially when it's so far away but um i also think it's funny that they're called proboscis monkeys (laughs) which sounds like promiscuous when um the larger the nose which looks like the male genitalia of the male, the more females it attracts. <laughs> Go figure. They can have a harem of up to nine females if they've got the big nose. So I really wanted to see these monkeys. And uh, I had heard they had in this national park and I wanted to sign up for a tour. But one of the things that's difficult when you're traveling by yourself is that sometimes it's like a minimum of two people. And if you're going to go on a tour and you're just one person, you have to pay double. And, uh, this lady at my treehouse hotel was saying, um, well, you know, you can just arrange a driver and they'll just take you to the national park and, you know, you can hike around yourself, you know, you don't really have to be on a tour. And I was like, oh, I like that better anyway. I don't really need to be on a tour. And uh, so we arranged for the transportation and this local guy drives me and um, he stops at this like jetty and he said, okay, so you can get a boat here. And I'm like, oh, I need a, I need a boat. <laughs> you know, Nobody said anything about a boat at this point. And I goes, oh, yeah, you can't you can't get to the National Park um, by road. You have to uh, um, take a boat. And I was like, oh, OK, I guess I'll take a boat. So he's like, yeah, here um, you get on the boat here. And what time do you want me to pick you back up here? And uh, when your boat brings you back, I don't know, 330. OK, done. So I get on the boat by myself with this guy and, uh, you know, everything seems fine. And uh we're going for a while and he starts taking his pants off and you know I am by myself and you know you get a little worried when you're by yourself in a boat with a man and he starts taking his pants off (laughs) but it turns out the reason why he's taking his pants off is because he then got out of the boat um, because of the low tide Uh, the boat wasn't going to be able to motor anymore because the water level was too low so he starts walking and then he says okay now you can just get out here I'm like I can get out here (laughs) You're still like nowhere near a shore. And uh, he's like, yeah, the, the tide's too low. Um, you're just going to have to walk. I'm like, walk where? <laughs> and he goes, oh, look, see way over there? I, thank goodness there were some other people that some other boat had dropped off because he's like, try to follow them and then go around there and then then, then there. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a, a lake, so it's not an ocean. So um, it's a river. So it's basically it's not an ocean, so there's just there's not sand at the bottom. It's like mud. And uh I start rolling up my pants and he says, uh, well you, you should have brought some other shoes. And I'm thinking, 
I didn't know I was doing a mud walk. I didn't even know I was taking a boat. I, I just had hiking boots on. <laughs> so anyway, I just hiked up my pants and started, you know, because you're your feet stick each time started walking thank goodness trying to keep the people you know in eyesight so I could see where I was going and uh I get to the national park and part of the problem was I didn't realize it was going to take so long just to get there so I probably should have arranged for the guy to you know have a little more time during the day because I wanted to see my permiscuous monkeys my promiscuous monkeys <laughs> so I asked somebody at the headquarters, I'm like, well, where's the best place that I might be able to see them? And he goes, oh, you know, you're probably not going to see them because you either have to get here early in the morning or, you know, like at sunset. And I'm like, no, I just done this, this, how many mile mud walk? And he's telling me I got my timing off. So I was like, oh, and I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just start hiking and see, you know. So I kept running into people who were actually on tours with a guide. And I'm like, do you see any monkeys? Did you see the monkeys? And they're like, no, you know, you're probably not going to see them. You need to get here early or stay late. And I was like, oh, you know, you start feeling a little dejected. Um, I kept going and I kept going and I, I was hiking and people were like, no, no, you know, you're probably not going to see them. So I kept hiking and I stopped one part in the trail and I thought, oh, you know, if I was a monkey, this, this looks like a nice place for a monkey. So I sort of just hung out there for a while and was quiet. And sure enough, there was the proboscis monkey. And then there was another one and another one. And then the male and then the baby. You know, it was just like something about not being on a tour and just being by yourself and, and finding the animal. You know, it's kind of like being on safari looking for an animal, but you don't have the guide with you. It, it makes it more fun. You know, I just was, I stayed there for so long just watching them. It was just moving to see them and it was fun and it was worth the mud walk I have one word it's not a bad thing but I was flying years ago on a 747 and um, I was kind of resting on the very last jump seat right by the bathrooms and right in front of me, there were three single seats. And all of a sudden, during the night, somebody was getting sick. They got up and threw up all over the last three rows and me. Luckily, I had a blanket around. And some of this vomit landed in a, this lady's head. Um, she had a beautiful uh, upswept coiffure. And she had a beautiful silk blouse on. And it was just running down. She was so gracious about this. She had, she said, don't worry about it. I can wash it out of my ha- hair and I have a change of a blouse. Oh, that is funny. That is gracious, yeah. <laughs> has come to land it. Hope I can manage it one-handed. I'll close my eyes and aim for the runway. So every once in a while, you know, we still do get celebrities or quote unquote celebrities and I was working on a Boeing 777 it's a really nice plane it's it's right now probably our fanciest plane it has like the pod first class seating where you you know you can lay totally flat and uh, because we use it on long haul flights to Sydney or uh, to India we have um, crew rest the pilots have a crew rest area and the flight attendants have a crew rest area and the pilot crew rest area is quite uh snazzy you know they've got uh uh really nice first class seats up there along with bunks there's a sink and it's up like sort of a um little circular stairway 
right in front of the first class cabin right behind the cockpit. And so lots, and we have to have the door open for it, uh, especially if there's pilots sitting up there for takeoff and landing, because if anything would happen, they want to be able to get out easily, right? But it does always catch the attention of the passengers because you're kind of like, hey, what's that? Hey, where are those stairs going? You know, so um, we're boarding the plane and who walks on, but you just, there's no way you wouldn't know who he was. Here comes Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> Paul Rubin. You know, you remember Pee Wee's Playhouse, Pee Wee's Great Adventure. Uh, you know, it's funny, he seemed to look the same. He has, still has that energy. He's extremely likable. And um, because he's got all that energy, he's like, hey, hey, what, what, what's that up there? You know, what that? You know, and he's like, I go up there. And uh, <laughs> it's very, you know, childlike, really just uh, exuberant. And uh, there are two pilots up there who are going to be deadheading and sitting up there. And I said, uh, yeah, sure, go ahead, go up there. So he climbs up the stairs. <laughs> he talks to the pilots for a while. I go on doing what I'm doing. And uh, he goes back to his seat and the pilot comes down the stairs and he goes, did Pee Wee Herman just come up to the crew rest area? <laughs> I said, yeah, that was, that was Pee Wee. He said, well, that was a little surreal. I just passed Terminal 3. I'm at Quested and I can't find my way home. You have a least classy flight attendant, sir. Yes. My girlfriend was serving a cocktail to somebody at the window while she was chewing gum. And it's just so good. She bent over and the gum fell out of her mouth and the guy on the aisle swirled. <laughs> She totally laughed so hard. Oh my god. Just you know, I couldn't believe it. She was it just like fell out in a splashed. <laughs> So this funny male flight attendant is saying goodbye at the door. Bye. Bye now. Goodbye. Have a good day. Bye now. Bye now. Bye now. You should be off the plane. Bye now. <laughs> I thought it was great. You sh- Bye now. Bye now. You should be off the plane. Bye now. <laughs> I'm tweeting on a jet plane. My job has just gone down. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Hope you have a fabulous holiday season. And uh, bye now. Bye, bye now, bye now. You should be off this podcast. Bye now. My job has just gone down the drain. No problem. I habla espanol. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.